I don't know if you'd noticed, this is a new year. It's going by so rapidly, you probably didn't even notice that we changed the calendar. But every one of us is experiencing this. It's a new year. That means one year, a new year, is one year less of my future and one year more of my past. We're not getting older. We're just getting closer to our eternal home. It seems like time flies by. For example, some people are coming in this morning and kind of giving us a weather report. I won't say complaining about the cold, just giving us a weather report. I just want you to know, seven weeks from today is daylight saving time. There you go. There you go. And that'll be gone like that. But oh, time, time, what a study, time. Just, we kind of just live to, to watch it go. See, when you're young, the days seem short and the years seem long. But when you're old, the years seem short and the days seem long. Now, having said all that, I am always bewildered by the fact that so many Christians, or at least it seems... Try to take God, who is bigger than anything or anyone. He is the supreme creator of all things. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He is ever-present, everywhere, all the time. And they try to put him in a box. See, when we put God in a box, we limit what God can do in us, what God can do for us, and what God can do through us. And it happens, my friends, all too often. The church collectively says that it believes God can save, believes God can heal, believes God can provide, believes God can touch lives, believes God can restore, believes God can strengthen, believes God can inspire, and so many other things. And yet, when it comes down to the rubber meeting the road, we really need to depend on God. That's that time when we need God and nothing and nobody else. We tend to limit him. We tend to put him in a box. You see, when we put God in a box, we restrict his work in our lives. Remember, it's not that we don't believe that God can do it. For instance, how many of you believe the Bible is true? Can God heal? Can God provide? See? See? We believe it. But at times we don't think that God will do it for me. He'll do it for, you know, so-and-so, but he won't do it for me. That is putting God in a box. Or we believe that God can do it, but we get tired of waiting for his perfect timing. Or we believe that God can do it, but we put him in a box by placing limits on him, by saying things like, God, here's the deal. I will do this if you do that. I will do A if you will do B. Huh? Who hasn't made a deal with God? 
And then when God doesn't come through, just like the way we want him to, because we've already put him in a box, we get mad, we stomp our feet, we have a little pity party, we have a temper tantrum, and we pout for a while, spiritually speaking. We put God in a box by not going to him first with our need, whatever it may be. I want to add that I think as Christians we put God in a box when we live only for self and never consider the needs, the situations, and the struggles of others. I, want to ask, I just want to say this. I want to make a statement for you because I believe we're the most fortunate people in the world. And I think as you look around the world today, you can come to no other conclusion. So I want, to give, I want to present this to you. If you are more fortunate than anyone else, if you're more fortunate than others, build a longer table, not a taller fence. We restrict God on so many, on so many levels when we take on an attitude of defeat. We put him in a box when we live like we cannot be healed. There's no way. We limit God when we allow the enemy to steal our joy. God cannot be limited in what he can do because the word of God is very clear. Jesus declared it himself in Mark 10 and verse 27, and he said, well, with man it might be impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. See, we either believe those words of Jesus, or we don't. So what's the problem? Have we not read it in his word? I mean, some of us may have even seen God move miraculously in the past. I mean, actually do miracles on our behalf. And I want to just do a little, uh, I call it a visual optics lesson this morning. You've come in and you've gotten situated and you've watched uh, everything going on here on the platform, and you probably noticed we added a piece of furniture here, a beautiful table, and on that table, we have a beautiful container. I call it my box. So I got thinking one day, if I wanted to ship this podium without breaking it down, and I'm not even sure you could do that, I mean, I guess a hacksaw would do it, but without taking it all apart and reducing it to nothing. Oh, yeah, and I want to throw in this stool, because everybody should have a bar stool. And this table is beautiful, but I think I'd throw that in, too. And so I thought, I need a box to put all that stuff in. So I, thought, so I said, I got just the one, just the one. I'll just put everything in this box right here. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We're going to put everything right in there. And we'll put the cover on. And we'll send for the big brown truck and away it'll go. Today, so many put God in a box because even though they know better, they fail to trust in the Lord 100%. And here's the question for the day. Is there a box anywhere big enough? So many times it's easier for us to let others trust God for every detail of their life and have no trust for God in every detail of our life. 
We need to trust God. Church, we need to trust God. This truth is in the very center of the Word of God. A little quiz today. Everybody loves quizzes, especially at the start of the year. What is the shortest chapter of the Bible? Write Psalm 117. What is the longest chapter in the Bible? Write Psalm 119. Now, there are 594 chapters before Psalm 118, and there are 594 chapters after Psalm 118 for a total in the Bible of 1,189 chapters. So, if we look at that number 1188, which is the total of the two 594s, I pick that number apart and I come up with 118 and 8. So my eyes now are going to Psalm 118 and verse 8. Some people have called this the central verse of the Bible. There is some dispute over whether it's really the very middle of the Bible by chapter and verse. Some say it's Psalm, uh, I think it's 102 uh, 103 verses 1 and 2, whatever, we're not going to haggle over that. But I'm just going to say today for uh, your sake and for my sake to understand that we're at the middle of the Bible right here. We're in the middle. We're right in the central. And I want to ask this question. It's rhetorical. It, 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 shouldn't the central verse of the Bible be an important message? Well, sure. So Psalm 118 verse 8 is just that. It says it is better to take refuge or to trust in the Lord than to put your confidence or trust in man. And so I'm going to ask you to read with me. We're going to read just a few verses from Psalm 118. And if there is a key psalm, if there is a key place, if there is a key pivotal point in all of Scripture, it's Psalm 118. So we're going to start to read at verse 5, and it'll be right there on the screen before you. Please read with me as we, as we start to read Psalm 118, just a few verses. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Yeah, see how we started the day today with that song? What can man do to me? Verse 7. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. Now what we call the middle or the pivotal verse. Please, everybody read it and do something for me. As you're reading it, make it personal. Take it in this morning and say, this was for me. That's, I know why I'm here now. As we read verse 8 together. Can we do it? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. You look around your world today. You look around your country today. You look around the different countries of the world today. And you've got to say, boy, is that true? There are times we felt surrounded and condemned by our past and sometimes even by our future. And we've wondered, how can we make it? How can we make it to another year? How can we go day to day? How can we get there? Well, in the middle of God's word, as you just read it, thank you. We find hope in the middle 
of the book. And that's exactly my title. And the thing I want to I, I key in on now for the next few moments. Life is all about Christ. Eternal life is all about Christ. A full and prosperous life is all about Christ. And you just read a phenomenal verse of Scripture that it's better to trust in God than to put your confidence in man. There is hope, my friend, in the middle of the book. Right in the middle of God's Word, we, found, we find sound advice. We find instruction. In the middle of God's Word, we find that we should put our trust in God. Why? Because everything else we put our trust in can fail us, right? People. <laughs> Technology. Prestige, science, position, wealth, education, anything else will all fail. But God will never fail us. I said, God will never fail us. Did you know that nearly 170 times in the Scripture we are told to trust God? You say, why would you uh, use that? as? Because it must be important. We must need a lot of reminding. Why is it so hard to trust God with the everyday things in our lives? I'm going to make a statement that I think you'll probably agree with, but we need to kind of unpack it. Trusting God is one of the hardest things to do as a Christian. Trusting God through Christ for salvation, that may not be the hardest thing to do, but boy, day-to-day -day living. People give me, come to me and talk about their problems and their issues and their situations, by the way, which are real, and I like to try to help when I can and at least listen. I usually come up with the same answer. Life is great, but it's so daily. <laughs> it's so daily, right? Trusting God is one of the hardest things to do as a Christian. Life seems like a mystery. I mean, we see life all around us. We observe. Sometimes we wonder if God is even involved with us at all, if he even knows we exist. It's not easy to believe and trust him with everything going on with us and in our lives and around our lives and outside of those lives. We want to know if he's really listening to us. We want to trust in him, but my friend, why is that so hard? You see, trusting in God is vital to our spiritual lives. But Houston, <laughs> we have a problem. What is it? Our faith, yes or no, at times tends to be weak. If we only knew the amazing way that the Lord would open up to us if we would just open up to him and to trust him and to believe. And the Lord has done an interesting thing. You see, the more we trust in him, the more he pours himself into us and reveals himself to us. 
But when we doubt him and don't have that faith, you can go on a long time and it almost just seems like nothing ever happens. You see, God is not going to try to prove himself to us. He's not going to surprise us with a revelation to show us that, well, we were wrong and we should have trusted him all along. That's not God's style. That's not how God operates. You were just singing about the great love of God. And a God who loves the way he does would never act that way. You see, here's the point. It's all up to each of us to determine if we're going to trust God or not. My friend can't make that decision for me. My wife can't make that decision for me. Someone that's dear, near and dear to me in, in the Christian family can't make that decision for me. And no one can make it for you. It's up to each one of us to determine if we're going to trust God or we're not. Now, many of us, like the writer of this psalm, have been in anguish. We've been plagued by situations and temptations. I'm very aware of it because there's no temptation that's befallen you that hasn't befallen someone else. But, but, but sometimes those temptations and situations leave us kind of hanging, kind of dangling, kind of pushed back to the precipice, and we feel like we're about to fall. You see, if you don't trust in those times that God will do anything for you, then guess what? He probably won't. Your life will likely stay the same old way for a long time. But if you trust God to come and make your life new, be ready for him to come in like gangbusters. Be ready to see God move in your life. Be ready to see God do miraculous things. And you say, Pastor Bob, I've seen that happen, but boy, it's been a long time. Maybe he's speaking to you today. Maybe this is the day. Be ready to see God do some things that you never imagined. Do you want to see miracles happen? Then you need to believe in miracles. I've had so many people say to me, well, miracles, and you hear about that, and you read it in the Bible, but I don't believe in miracles. Well, those people will never see a miracle. <laughs> I want to see more miracles. And if you want to see miracles, you have to believe in miracles. Do you want to see God move in your life? Then you have to trust him to move in your life. It's very simple, very simple, very simple. But listen here. It's very hard, very hard, very hard, very hard. God asks the hardest thing from us. Here's what he asks. He asks us to suspend our own common sense, to close our eyes to everything around us, to put aside our knowledge of earthly reality and logic, and implicitly to trust him. Let's be honest. How many times have we trusted God and nothing happened? Well, guess what? Something did happen. And something is happening. And it's most unfair for us to say, well, I trusted God and I prayed about it and I think I had faith in it, but nothing happened. God wants to see if you will still trust him even if your prayers don't turn out the way you want. He's trying to help us grow in our faith. And in order to do that, he continues to raise the bar a little bit at a time. 
And as we grow spiritually, he asks us to believe more. And when things become difficult, he wants us to believe even more. It's kind of like that old timer. They asked him how it was going, and he said, somebody told me to cheer up, it could get worse. And I cheered up, and sure enough, it got worse. As you grow spiritually, God is going to ask you to believe more and to trust him more. And when things become even more difficult in your life, he wants you to believe even more. God's not a genie. God's not, a, God's not Santa Claus. He really can't be manipulated to just do anything you want. There's no formula or magic button that you can push for God to perform those tricks that you want to see him do. Many of the things we go to God for require our submission to him first and our humility of spirit and our obedience to his eternal word. Many times God wants us to participate and become active in our situation rather than just waiting for something to happen. And I think there's where a lot of Christians miss it. Could I be so bold as to say God has his plans and we have ours? Hello? And can I so be so bold as to say, and usually they're different from each other? How many of you have ever had a prayer, seemingly, go unanswered? What did you do when that prayer went unanswered? Did you decide, even if momentarily, that God could not be trusted after all and just give up completely or give up on that particular topic? Be honest. Be honest. He may not have answered your prayer right away. He may never answer your prayer the way you want. But do you believe, if you would still believe even after you had that encounter, and trust him to do what is best, he will do what is best for you. You see, here's the key. And you may have heard these words already this morning. Belief and trust. And keep on trusting, regardless of what is going on around you, even if those things going around seem hopeless. Ah, there's no hope. Well, that's, that's our perspective. That's our view of what's happening or not happening. But we need God's perspective. And we find it in Psalm 118.8. You see, it's better to trust in God than it is to put our confidence in man or anything temporal around us. Why? Because God is real, and God is very aware of what is going on with us all the time. God knows that sometimes we doubt him. That may be a little hard to admit, but it's true. And his desire is that we take that leap of faith that's often been used to trust him with our lives. Because when we take that leap, then he is finally able to wrap his arms around us around you, 
around me like a father asking his child to just jump to him. I, I, I did that when my kids were much younger. I don't think we've done it lately. They were easier to handle then. And I would back away from the edge of the pool and have them jump to me. And it took faith on their part that I was going to catch them. Jesus asks us to have that same kind of faith. It's even referred to in Scripture, to faith as a little child. Nowhere in the world, Christian, does the Bible say it's okay to act childish, but it, but it is very clear in saying, unless you come in faith as a little child... So releasing our faith is a hard thing for us to do. But when we trust the Lord with all our hearts, we finally give him permission, and we finally give him freedom to minister to us without getting in his way. Let's stop and analyze for just a moment, just do some self-introspection here. Don't you think that sometimes with our most honest and humble and sincere prayers and requests to God, and waiting on his perfect timing, and all the ducks are lined up, and that sometimes, sometimes we step over that line and we get ourselves in the way of God working. That's why Solomon said in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your own understanding, but in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. That's why Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, 4, Trust in the Lord forever. <laughs> Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself, is the rock eternal. Love that verse. See, when we refuse to trust God with every aspect of our lives, what we're doing is we are retaining our control over our situations or over some of them, and that therefore we end up living in the flesh. So this comes down to the real crux of the matter here. Who are we living for? When we're not, you know, it's like our life was pictured as a key ring with several keys on it. And we're more than willing to give up this key, this key, this key, this key, and this key. Mm, there are about three here. I'm, eh, mm. What about these two over here? No, no, no. I can handle that. See? When we refuse to trust God, listen again, with every aspect of our lives, then we are retaining our control over all our situations, and therefore we end up living in the flesh. And if we're doing that, then we really are not allowing God's kingdom principles to work out in our lives. So sorry. 
He told us to pray for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Mark it, that is true trust. So how can we be sure that we're completely trusting God and not putting him into a box? Because I'll ask the question again, is there anywhere a box big enough? You know the answer to that. The answer is found in Romans chapter 8. If you want to mark it in your notes, it would be worthy. Verses 5 through 17, and I'm just going to unpack them and just quickly do a thumbnail sketch for you. This is Romans 8, 5 through 17, where the writer is saying, if our minds are continually led by our flesh, then we'll never be able to completely trust God. If we are to completely trust God, we must be led by his spirit. Okay, I want, I want to set up the juxtaposition here. On the one hand, our flesh, and on the other hand, his spirit, okay? His spirit is with us, you see, the moment we yield our hearts to God through faith in Jesus Christ, and he's going to be present with us in our lives until we draw our last breath. If we're going to be led by the spirit, then we're going to have to stop letting the flesh lead us. This is a battle that rages in every person. What's the battle? Our flesh versus his spirit. It's a battle that must be won by the children of God. The risk of not winning this war in your life is too costly, and the rewards of winning this war are way too important. Don't ignore them. There's no middle ground here. The works of the flesh will always cloud and muddy the works of the Spirit thus leading us to a life that fails to trust God completely. It is then that the flesh causes us to put God in a box and limit his work in our lives. And if you're note-taking, I'm going to repeat that. It is the flesh that causes us to put God in a box and limit his work in our lives. I'm not sure about you, but I don't like letting the flesh win. I'm tired of the flesh controlling our lives. I'm tired of seeing people who've been promised God's glory to be released into their lives and they're held back because they're failing to trust him and trust him completely. So my friends, I'm going to leave you with a challenge. It's heavy duty time. I challenge you to stop putting God in a box. I challenge you to trust God in every area of your life. And this might take some, uh, some rethinking of where you are, what you do, and how you live that life. I'm going to challenge you to be led by His Holy Spirit and by His Holy Spirit only. And I'm going to challenge you to stop allowing the flesh to win. As part of my challenge, we set a three-by-five card <laughs> on every chair. I hope you have one. 
If you're sitting on one, you have my permission to stand up and get it. If there's one near you, grab it if you wouldn't mind. Each of you has been given a three by five card, and I want you to write something at the top of that card. I want you to put these words the desires of the flesh. On that card in the next few minutes, I want you to write down those things in your life that are the desires of your own flesh that have been holding you back spiritually. I don't know what they are. Probably people close to you don't even know what they are. Maybe you're having trouble right now, but as you think it through, you can put one or two things there and the list might even get longer. Because whatever is holding you back is having, it's causing you to not trust God and it's causing you to continue to put God where? In a box. Now, there's only one rule on this. Be honest, be open, please take part. Please just say, oh, that's not for me. I don't do that stuff. Do, here's the one rule. Do not, and I underscore not, do not put your name on the note anywhere. Front, back, I don't, I don't want to know who's writing anything. We're going to collect them a little later, and you will never see them again, and nobody else will either. This is for you and for me to take part in. It's not for somebody else to adjudicate it and mark it and score it and tell you whether you graded it or not. So I want you to write down that thing or those things that are the desires of your own flesh. What are the things that are so strong pulling you in your life that they really do come ahead of trusting God completely? And then once you have those things or that thing written out, I'm going to invite you to fold the note and bring it with you when you exit this morning. And if you mean business with God, if you're here to do business with God, then I want to ask you to merely drop your note in this box, which by then will be out there near the door. And why am I asking you to do that? Because we need to say, let's drop the desires and leave them behind. Why? Because there's hope in the middle of the book. It is better to trust God than to put confidence in man. Let's pray. Loving Father, thank you that you care about us. Thank you that you're aware of us. Thank you that you have a plan for each of us. And thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. Oh, we have the great gift of salvation through Jesus. And then we have the ever-present power and potential of the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you so much for that. Now help us to be totally honest, transparent, and real. Help us to transact this piece of business that needs to be done and then help us to walk away from those desires and leave them behind. Just enumerating them, just writing them down is, 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 is very therapeutic in that sense, but it can be so helpful spiritually that we just don't even have to remember that anymore, just leave them behind. 
And so, Lord, I challenge myself, I challenge every person here, and I so much ask you to bring your blessing and your power and your enabling on everyone here. Lord, we want to go forward, not putting you in a box, but living our best life to the honor and glory of Jesus, our Savior. For we pray in his name. Amen.